Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with your host, Dr. Fuck, and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley. Kick on back and listen to another exciting episode. It's time for the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast! Hey, 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 it's me, Dr. Fuck. And with uh, the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Wadzilla, cracking that beer. How you doing, Alki? Oh, I'm fucking drunk as shit. It's nasty outside, so I decided to stay indoors and drink. All right, good deal, man. So uh, I pulled a muscle. I'm supposed to be in the recording studio today, recording the EP for combat, but I pulled the muscle thanks to, you know, somebody's mom riding me, but I won't get into that. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> and I also had this coughing attack out of nowhere right before I started doing the show. So I got a shirt here to muffle my cough. Excuse me, guys, if I cough throughout the whole episode. But, uh, hey, man, I'm home. I got my leg up. I got this blue ice gel bullshit on my leg because I pulled a muscle and it sucks. But the good thing about it was I got to stay home and talk to Alki here. And uh, yeah, we're going to talk about Megadeth's third album. But before we get into that, uh, Ian, uh, why don't you give the people a little tease of what's going to happen at the end of this episode? Well, at the end of this episode, I'm going to go the fuck off because uh, not only do we have what I love to do as a fan of the week, we also have a fucking douchebag of the week. And I'm going to go off on this motherfucker. But before that, we got to go into current events. And, and this week we have like three current events. And they're all small stories, but all shit I think we need to talk about. And uh, the first one is uh, Eric Singer came out and said, much to Paul and Gene's chagrin, he's not interested in doing Kiss without them. I have a funny feeling it's because uh, it would make no money. What do you think, Dr. Buck? I think that even Paul and Gene aren't interested in Kiss going on without them. They're just saying that to justify the fact that they got Eric and Tommy in the classic makeup. There's no way, and I'll tell you why. There's proof enough. Come on. Paul Stanley can't sing no more. Now's the time to replace him with another Paul Stanley. But they're not going to do it because it's never going to happen. Kiss is never going to happen without Gene and, and Paul. Mark my words. Maybe... Just maybe there'll be like maybe a, a Vegas show thing without Gene and Paul in the future. But as far as a touring band, a recording band, it's not going to happen. Once those two are gone, Kiss is over. And Eric Singer knows this. So he's saying this now to make it look like, hey, look, I'm not that big of a douchebag because I'm in the cat makeup. You know what I mean, Ian? Well, yeah, and it, it's funny. and uh, Because there would be no money in it and a lot of people wouldn't go. And I listened to this interesting uh, interview on the Eddie Trunk Show. Eddie Trunk, a friend of the podcast, he did an intro, by the way. Uh, he did an interview with uh, Jakey Lee and uh, Craig Chassan from Badlands. And they asked him about Eric Singer leaving after the first album. Like, you know, what was that? And basically what they said is uh, Eric Singer wanted a quarter of the writing for, for his drumming. And it all came down to money. And I, I love Eric Singer. I think he's a great drummer. I really do. Uh, I think he's got a great voice. But you kind of see where Eric's going. Eric wants some goddamn money. And I think he knows good and goddamn well if you put out a version of Kiss out there that doesn't even have fucking Gene or Paul, 
you're not gonna make no money. So why the fuck is he gonna do it? That's I, I, I see some backpedaling from there. Uh, you agree there, Doctor? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Of course. Uh, if Gene and Paul were serious of going on, excuse me, and uh, there was actually money to be made, of course Eric would stay, and Gene and Paul would throw their makeup at other people. But the truth is. It's not going to happen, and Eric knows this. That's why he's saying now, well, I'm not interested when that day happens. That day's never going to happen. Mark my words, everybody. And everybody thinks Kiss is going to go on without Gene and Paul. You're all wrong. And if they do, Doc McGee's not going to back it. And Gene and Paul won't back it, so therefore, it's never going to happen. I agree. Well, there, there you go. That shit, thankfully... We'll never see the light of day, like you said. It's all to justify the the bullshit they're peddling now. Let's go into something that's even fucking worse. Oh my god damn, this this I'm rolling over my grave and I'm not even dead yet. Let's talk about this Paul McCartney and Kanye West collaboration. Oh boy, yeah, yeah, I heard about this. Oh man, this, oh, this world oh. sucks. This world just sucks. Unbelievable how this idiot. I, I don't. The only thing I know about this Kanye character is that that whole thing where he walked up on stage saying, uh, "Who was it? Taylor Swift or somebody?" Yeah. Oh, you know, I don't mean to, but you know, uh, Beyonce did the best music video or whatever. You know, like he, he's a he's a jack off. And also, I did see, actually see a, a interview where he's like pretty much saying he's the greatest entertainer around and blah blah blah. You know, he's just a moron. You know, he's your typical moron. But what what's even more moronic than this guy is his fans that are going out going, man, who's that old guy that uh, Kanye brought out? Man, Kanye rules, man. Now this guy's going to blow up because of Kanye. And I'm like, wait, this has to be a joke, right? But no, in a world where there's, uh, yeah, no offense, but in the world where there's gigolo, juggalos, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and I know we have some juggalos listening. You ICP guys, fans. <laughs> you guys are wacky, bro. You guys are wacky. So, you know, world with people like that, uh, nothing surprised me anymore. And yet, I was surprised by Kanye West fans. Unbelievable. Like, uh, whatever. You know, yeah, yeah. It, it just, seeing stuff like that, it's like, you know, makes suicide justifiable. Uh... I agree. This makes me so sad that that Paul would even do this. But I think Paul's at, you know, Paul's old, dude. And he's at an age where he doesn't give a fuck anymore. Like, we give a fuck. We still have, like, this artistic integrity kind of thing. Like, like, like you know, it's terrible to us. He doesn't give a fuck. He's rich as fuck. Uh, and maybe to a, you know, a 70-year-old man, it might seem cool or hip. To, to align yourself with what's cooler hip now. I think he even made a comment about, uh, was it him or Jagger? It's about like One Direction reminds them of themselves. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Both those bands played instruments, wrote songs, you know, were, were more than just, you know, the fucking Partridge family song or dance people. Oh, they're getting uh, old, man. They're getting a little senile, you know? Yeah, and it, 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 it's so sad. And it is... And I read, I read a really interesting interview where they were talking about a world where the Beatles are no longer relevant. And they're saying that day is now. And I was like, really? But as I read the article, I was like, damn, this makes a lot of sense. 
There's a lot of kids out there have no idea who the Beatles are, what they meant to music. I mean, even listeners of our show that know of the Beatles, but maybe you're not a fan. You have to respect the Beatles and their place in music history and, and what they've done, what they've started. And then then you got a piece of shit like fucking Kanye West. Jesus Christ. Oh, what a fucking smoking turd that son of bitches. I do like the song Gold Digger, though. I'm going to fucking lie. But! Uh, what, what's what's next? Lemmy and Lil Wayne? Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just so sad. It's so sad. You have true musicians and true innovators, and then you have other people that do a stupid nursery rhyme over a proven beat. And that's my biggest bitch with rap. There is some rap that I like. I ain't gonna lie. Uh, but for the most part, you're doing a beat that's already successful. Okay, it's proven like this hook, people like it. And then you sample that shit, and then you do a fucking stupid nursery rhyme over the top of it, and you call it music. To me, don't, don't fucking cut it. You know, there's innovators and there's pretenders. Right now, there's a lot of pretenders. And not just in rap, but in pop music alone. It's it's so plastic, so soulless. I mean, a lot of this shit makes the, makes the 80s sound like the fucking 60s. And that's fucking pathetic. To, but, get, uh, to get back at Paul McCartney for a second, I do like his last album called New. I don't know if you've heard it. I actually own it. Yes, it's, yeah, it's a good album. It's actually a good album. I mean, for him, I, I thought Flame and Pie was pretty good too. Uh, I like Flame and Pie. There was, you know, the ones in between. I really don't care. And I thought I didn't like Flowers in the Dirt. Uh, off the ground had its moments, but I mean, recently he's, you know, f- well, Flame and Pie is like probably over ten years old already. But Flame and Pie right. knew was actually pretty good for Paul McCartney. You know, being in his age and all. You know, he still has a little bit in him. You know. He's fucking Paul McCartney for Christ's sake! He's a goddamn Beatle, and it's, it's so, amazing. And, exa- I mean, I mean, and, exa- and you know what? He's allowed to say all his lunacy because he was—he's a goddamn Beatle, you know. He's you're allowed. right. You're right. You're right. The Beatles—the Beatles gonna pay. I mean, I gotta say everything was fucking perfect, especially you know once you get to solo. But they are the goddamn Beatles for fucking Christ's sake! Jesus fucking Christ! Even, and, uh, even if you don't like the Beatles, you know, I mean, you suck. Yeah, I know. But it's okay to, like, not like them but respect what they've done because, basically, your favorite bands probably wouldn't have been around without the groundwork the Beatles did. Because oh, exactly. before the Beatles, there was not really a band out there. But the closest was Buddy Holly and the Crickets, which is still, you know, a, a solo artist with, you know, a couple guys. But the Beatles invented, you know, what, when we go to shows and see a band, you know, Beatles were like writing their own music. The Beatles were like just groundbreaking motherfuckers. I, I agree. And my old lady is a, is a fucking Beatle hater. And and that's another reason I, I punch her. But, uh, you know, it's like every once in a while she finds out, she goes, oh, I found out this song I liked is a Beatles song. It's like, bitch, you don't hate the Beatles. You just you're you know you're trying to be cool and like oh okay I'm gonna go against the grain no fuck you Beatles fucking rule I mean I love my old lady but the Beatles fucking rule if you don't get it you have a problem and we're but, gonna have we're gonna have a Beatles episode soon come coming up soon yes we are all right and, and uh, I hope 
What else? What? Yeah, yeah. You better listen. Even if you don't like the Beatles, listen. Yeah, because we're funny as fuck, goddammit. That's right. And I'm going to get into that in the outro. (coughs) I'm going to address that in the outro. But wait, wait, wait. One more thing, Ian. To entice people to listen to the Beatles, we won't give away what we're going to review, but I'm sure the album we're going to review, me and Ian are... We're gonna make fun of some of those songs, so you're gonna want to tune in for that. We make we make fun even of the Beatles. I mean, I know I will with the album we picked, but you know you're gonna have to wait and see what it is. Oh yeah, I love them, but goddamn it, I call it as I see it. But we got one last story, and goddamn, I think this might be the most depressing of all, uh, which is Ozzy ugh, is gonna do a residency in Vegas. What do you think about that, Ralph? I don't care, man. Let him, man. What's wrong with you, Ian? I see nothing wrong with that, Ian. What the fuck? Ozzy's Ozzy, man. He's the original uh, mouth of heavy metal. Yeah, I know a lot of selfish people that take shit for granted look down on Ozzy because he's got a cunt as a manager. Yeah, sure, I'll agree with you with all the fucked up shit Sharon's done. But, man, overall picture, man, Ozzy deserves the millions he has. Just like Angus Young. And, you know, people like Lemmy and, you know, people that... Cheap trick and shit like that that don't have that type of money. At least some people got a little justification in the world. And you know what? If it wasn't for Ozzy Osbourne, they wouldn't be original Black Sabbath. And I know a lot of you out there going, Well, I like the Dio Sabbath more. Hey, dickhead. If it wasn't for Black Sabbath, trust me, a lot of your favorite metal bands would not exist, okay? They're very influential. Tony Iommi is a god. And, um... The Lord of Riffs, and uh, you also have to remember somebody called Randy Rhodes. If it wasn't for Ozzy Osbourne, he'd be a footnote in some local band that in California that only got a record deal in Japan for a couple crappy albums. Okay, so Ozzy Osbourne, I respect. I don't like his wife at all, but I don't care, man. I think if Vegas wants to throw money at Ozzy Osbourne for him to go out there and just trot around and croak out a bunch of songs, let him, man. He's Better him than fucking Scott Weiland. I love Scott Weiland. Fuck that guy. <laughs> now, you want to talk about a phony. All right, well, well here's, here's my here's my thing. And and this wasn't a slam uh, directed just at Ozzy, who I, I'm openly, you know, very critical of. But I'm talking about the Vegas re- uh, residency in itself. There's something to me very unmetal about that. And let me get this right off my chest. Okay, my personal Lord, God, and Savior, David Lee Roth, did one in the 90s. And I wasn't fucking happy about that. Okay, here's the thing. You got bands like Motley Crue, Death Leopard, Kiss, Ozzy, all doing this shit. Uh, It's one of these things where, like, okay, two weeks... You come here, you know, you come into Vegas and and, and you see this show. And to me, it's it's too choreographed. Uh, it's the same set list. There's a cue like, okay, pyro here, pyro there. To me, that kills the spontaneity of rock and roll. And, you know, it's like, oh, I, I, and it's a double-edged sword. Like, I like some people bitch. Like, David Grohl came out and really bitched about people doing albums. Uh, in their hole. Fuck that you know? guy too. Well, I, I well, I'm a huge fan of David Grohl. But anyway, fuck him. Okay, I hear you. I hear you. 
But I get what he's saying. As much as like I, I do like seeing bands play like a full album, but I get what he's saying. It gets too robotic, uh, too stale. And I have great respect for artists who change it up every night because I think it's challenging to the audience and it's challenging to the band. Um, you know, I remember when I saw Jethro Toll, uh, and I, I, I'm getting way off mark here, but uh, they, they are a band that doesn't, if you go see them and you want to hear certain hits, you're probably going to be disappointed because they change it up every night and they play what they want to play. And if you are a true fan and you love deep cuts, you're going to walk away happy. But if you're like, a, I just like greatest hits, I just want to hear Aqualung, you're going to get mad. But as, as, as a person who loves album rock and roll, that loves not just the radio hits, but the deep cuts, uh, I, I love that spontaneity that somebody like fucking Bruce Springsteen does. Once what? again, I know... Fuck I, that I, guy. I, I know it's not metal, but what I'm saying is I would love a band like say, hey, fuck it. We're going to play whatever we feel tonight. Not like, okay, at, at, at minute 356 of this song, we all kick our legs to the left, and then the smoke bomb goes off. To me, that kind of... If you're at that point, it's dull. It's dull. It's rehearsed. It's, you know, I, I'm... A, I, rock and roll is about fucking living in the fucking minute uh, to me. You know, it's like, those are the best shows I've ever seen. The shows that aren't perfect. You know, the shows that are by the thrill of my, like, hey, it might be out of, out of fucking tune, but Jesus Christ, they've never played this song live and who gives a fuck? I don't know, man. I just, I hate canned fucking bullshit. And, uh, and I'm not just ragging on Ozzy here, right? Anybody who plays Vegas you have the same setup. It's boring. It's stale. You're going through the fucking motions. You're just looking for a fucking paycheck, in my opinion. And it's not fucking rock and roll. And that's all I got to say. All right, cool, man. I mean, I, to tell you the truth, if I was in Vegas, I'd go see it. But I ain't catching no plane to go see it. Whatever. Right, right. No, whatever. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm in Florida, so I really don't give a fuck. But my point is, you know, what you were saying earlier. But Hey, look, man. I remember when Dio was uh, touring with the the Ma- Master of the Moon tour, and I read online the to- the the set list not only had Stargazer, it had Gates of Babylon. I was like, "Holy shit!" And I was glad he stuck with that because I would have been pissed if he came down here and did like "Hungry for Heaven" and you know, <laughs> "We're Stars." Like you know, I, hey, I like them too, but I, I I'd rather hear Stargazer and Gates of Babylon. So. And I, I understand what you're saying, but at the same time, it's more of an ego trip for bands to go out there like Pearl Jam and, and, and Bruce Springsteen just to do different set lists every night because they get bored of the same shit. But honestly, man, if, if I respect that, though, I, I do. Respect hey, it's cool. It's, it's their thing, you know, but me, I want to see songs that I want. I'm pay, I'm the one paying money. They ain't paying me to see them. So if I'm going to put down money, I want to see Stargazer and Gates of Babylon just like everybody else in the tour has been seeing it. I don't right, want right. one well, what, select what place okay, to see okay, it. Okay, okay, okay. Let's turn that around a little bit. Aren't you tired of seeing Kiss play rock and roll all night and I'm, lick it up? I'm tired of seeing Kiss, period. <laughs> yeah, no, no I, I, I get you, but I, I, okay, okay, prime, prime example, prime example. We both love Black Sabbath. 
Okay, wouldn't you rather hear Wheels of Confusion than fucking War Pigs again? Yes, but they have... Okay, okay go ahead. No, 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 Case. okay, you're right. But you know what? The last time I saw Sabbath, it was with no Bill Ward, so fuck that. But at least they played Under the Sun. They, right, right. They right, were no. playing Wheels of Confusion. I don't know if you knew this. Oh, uh, yeah, no, 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 that's great. But what I'm saying, though, you as a true... I mean, that's a band you know and love. And, and I, I mean, do you want to hear radio, I'm going insane? Or would you rather hear fucking uh, Junior's Eyes? Well, I'm just saying. Neither one know, of the two ever get played. It, yeah, but you know what I'm saying, though. I no, mean, I, I understand what you're saying, Ian, but my point is, is that, you know, it is true what cer- certain people say. Look, under this, this is a good example. Black Sabbath is a bad example because... Throwing out "Under the Sun" in the set list is not a, a, a you know a popular song like you know the people that go see War Pigs, Iron Man, and and Paranoid do not know "Under the Sun," you know. And there's you know and, and for them just to throw out that alone to me, man, being the Sabbath freak that I am, man, even one song will do. If something as obscure as "Under the Sun," hey man, right. I'll take oh, okay, it. Okay, you know? okay. Well, here here you go. I just went and saw an incredible, an incredible. Motley Crue show where they played fucking uh, goddamn their cover <coughs> of An- Anarchy in the UK and they play and I checked setlist.com uh, wouldn't you rather hear fucking 10 seconds to love yes or fucking or fucking on with the show for Christ's sake of course you know? but you see Motley Crue is another one of those bands like Kiss I refuse to go see them final tour or not I don't care they're horrible live and I know you said they were great okay great but they happen to suck when they came down here from the people, except for my drummer. He said they were great. But everybody else that saw the show said, man, it's just your typical Motley Crue garbage, you know, where fucking Tommy's... You know, we all know Tommy's going through the motions because he just wants a paycheck. I don't want to go see a band where the guy's up there doing it for money. I want to see a guy go, go up there... Yeah, yeah, and wait, yeah, wait, 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 Ian. And this is where I discount everything you just said about Ozzy Osbourne, okay? You're saying this shit about Ozzy, but yet... You praise Motley Crue when you know damn well there's a guy playing drums out there that's only doing it for for the money. And Mick Mars even came out and said in Eddie Trunk that they use backing can vocals. Come on, dude. Right, but what I'm saying, I'm talking about song-wise. I'm talking about song-wise. It's fucking, you're hearing the same old shit, and that's what I don't like. There's no... But know. but what did they do? I mean, I, I I I'm not aware. What did they do that was different on the farewell show? Oh no, I, no, I'm not I'm not I'm not praising the set list. I'm saying the performance was good. But I'm saying me as a fan, when I go see bands that I truly love, that I'm truly invested in, like I have every one of your fucking albums. I don't want to hear the fucking just the radio shit. I, I want to hear you know. Songs that you believed in enough to fucking record, you know, fucking mix it up a little bit. Well, there is one band out there. If you're into them, you will love them every time you see them. And they're called Cheap Trick. Yes, I agree. I agree. And, he, and here's the fucked up thing. I just saw Cheap Trick. And they didn't mix it up. I gotta admit, as great as they were, I was a little disappointed. But at the same time, I can't argue the fact that they didn't mix it up. It just personally wasn't the ones that I liked. But they did do a great job of mixing it up. And I commend them. Yeah, the last time I saw them, they did Baby Loves to Rock. I haven't seen them do that since the All Shook Up Tour. And they played Stop This Game. 
and uh, I think it was um, uh, on top of the world. You know, I mean, oh, nice. And you know, nice. you, but but they have to play Dream Police. I want you to want me and surrender. It's just the way it is. You know. No, 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 no. I, I understand certain <laughs> songs to a degree, but I'm just saying, by and large, I'm not a fan of canned setless and going through the motions. I, I, I like spontaneity in rock and roll. I, I like this off the cuff, like, hey, you know, we might not have rehearsed this. Doesn't have to be perfect to me, but it just has to be loose rock and roll. All right, so let's get into the review this week. In this week, we're going to review the third Megadeth album uh, by request by Ian. Uh, so far, Hello. so far, so good. So, so what? Released in 1988, I guess. I'm no, you know, I'm no. Yes. Egg- you gotta help me here. I'm not an egghead with, with details, but yeah. I'm All right, yeah. January nineteenth, nineteen eighty-eight. There you go. Early nineteen eighty-eight. Um, when this album came out, uh, liked it, didn't love it like the the, the two before it. Uh, saw the tour with uh, Sanctuary and Warlock open. Ooh, night. Nice. I like Sanctuary and Warlock. Yeah. Uh, and then they came back and they opened for Dio. And Sabotage opened that show. Was that the Dream Evil Tour? Dream Evil Tour. And nice. uh, Hall of the Mountain King. Nice. My, my favorite Sabotage. So nice. I saw him twice on that tour. And um, what can I say? Like I said, it's I, I really don't have no backstory on it. All I can say is that uh, I, was, I discovered Megadeth on the first album, Killing Is My Business, which I should tell the story. It would be quick. The first time I ever heard, I knew of Dave Mustaine because I own the Metal Massacre and I own Kill 'Em All and I saw his writing credit on a bunch of songs. I knew he was the guitar player for Metallica. Uh, and it was odd how he, you know, Kurt took his place. I didn't know nothing about whatever happened pre internet and they weren't t- talking about Metallica in the rock magazines I was buying back then. I used to take a bus to, um, this place it was like 163rd street and i lived at that time on 18th street so i would take a bus all the way over there to a import shop called open book records that had all the imports there and all the rare albums you know the combat releases and megaforce and you know you name road racer road racer yes free road runner and um i walk in and i see killing is my business and it had a sticker which I still own to this day. Uh, a sticker say, featuring former Metallica guitarist Dave Mustaine. I was like, holy crap, I need to buy this. So I grabbed it. I went up to the counter. I forgot my wallet. Oh. So I got back in the bus, like a good, I don't know, almost an hour. Oh. Got back home, got my wallet, went all the way back bought it so <laughs> that's my story of uh, killing my business it took me about three hours to purchase it and uh, I went home and when I put it on my first reaction was this is the most complicated fastest insane band I ever heard in my life that I don't think there's any band out there that can play like this it was just too sporadically all over the place. It was just technically 
impossible for me. You know, I never heard a band so technically proficient than Megadeth, the original lineup. And then came Peace Cells, which to this day is my favorite Megadeth album. To me, it's the perfect album. Oh, you like it better than Risk? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, me, me too. Yeah, I, I decided to join the whole human race on that one. Uh, but it does have that uh, cover of uh, I Ain't Superstitious that I wasn't too crazy of. But everything else on that album I fucking love. Uh, and then came this. And this one was... Uh, I'll get into how I feel about it when we go song into song. Now you tell us your uh, your your discovery of uh, Megadeth and Megadave. Alright, Megadeth uh, I discovered on the Headbangers Ball with the video for Peace Cells. And... Uh, Man, just thought it was fucking awesome. Uh, even though I really wasn't into that heavy as shit at the time, I was very much, you, you know, I just got into hard rock, and it was definitely more, you know, the cock rock and the fucking traditional metal. Uh, you know, thrash was still something kind of scared me a little bit. Some of it I could get into, some of it I couldn't. And I, my dad taking me to my first metal concert in 87, Alice Cooper. And Megadeth opened up the first half of the tour, and I was like, oh, my God, Dad's going to hate Megadeth. He's going to hate fucking Megadeth. And as we're waiting in line to get it, they didn't even open up the doors yet. I could see the T-shirt booth, and I saw Tesla shirts. I was like, oh, he might like Tesla. <laughs> you know, even though I was kind of disappointed because I wanted to hear that one song I knew off of Headbanger's Ball. Uh, but uh, I ended up going, uh, I went with my grandmother to Kmart. I'm going to get all Terrence here for a minute. Me and my grandma went to Kmart, and I had her buy me Peace Cells and Striper. Uh, what was the fucking big Striper album? Uh, to Hell with the Devil. Yeah, yeah, To Hell with the Devil. And I show her, you know, I got to show her what I want. And I show her the fucking Megadeth one first. And she's like, what in the fuck is this? But she didn't say fuck. But then I was like, yeah, but I want to get Striper, and this is Jesus. You know? Little did I know that years later, a fucking Megadeth would become Striper. But uh, but at the time, man, Megadeth was fucking dangerous, and uh, I loved it. It had been out for a while, so this album was the first album I bought right when it came out. And I was excited for this. I got this. I remember I bought this and a t-shirt the same fucking day. I got a, It was uh, my first Megadeth shirt, and it had uh, Mary Jane. Had uh, had Vic Rattlehead on there, and there was Mary Jane's tombstone and shit. I remember and, that shirt. Yeah, and I'll get into that shirt later because that shirt was later very important in my high school curriculum. Uh, but I'll get into it when we get to that song. But uh, this song, uh, this album, it's weird. I knew right from the get go, like, why does this album sound weird? It just doesn't sound as good as my other albums. Even though there were songs that I liked, I was like, something just song sounds wrong it sounds like you know an album that you know somebody put in the fridge and didn't tighten the tupperware and it got a little bit dry and you know you know like like dry turkey or ham after the holidays but uh that's not to say i don't love this album and uh well did you did you figure out what was the problem uh yeah dave mustaine's drug usage (laughs) Uh, i i figured it was uh his vocals being so low in the mix uh, there's a there's a lot of things wrong with this, and, and we'll get into this later when I sum up the album. But uh, there's a lot of things wrong with this sonically, 
But uh, I, there's a lot of songs I think still stand the test of time, and I'm going to get into it right now with the first song, which I think is fucking awesome. That is Into the Lungs of Hell. Uh, an instrumental, and I'm still not sure like if this was the right song to open it. Maybe it would have been better placed later in the album, or maybe it is perfect here. But, uh, man, I love this fucking song, and to me, I wish more bands did instrumentals like this. Uh, you know, Iron Maiden used to do some really good ones that they got away from, and it reminds me of an Iron Maiden instrumental. It's just a really, really, really good fucking song uh, that it's so good it could fit either way. I mean, that to me, that's a testament of a true instrumental. If it can stand on its own without lyrical accompaniment, You've done something right musically. And I think they did it perfect here. I love it in the lungs of hell. What do you think, Ralph? Yeah, great, great instrumental. Great way to start the album. When I first bought the album, I put it on. I'm like, hell yeah, Megadeth, man. And uh, yeah, great instrumental. I'm not sure. You're probably going to correct me. I'm not sure if it's this song or the next one. What's the next one called? Uh the next one is uh, Set the Set World the on Fire. Set the World on Fire. I th- yeah, it's Set the World on Fire, which I'll get into that one now because I really have nothing more to say about this song. It's a great... I think it's a good opener. Out of, out of every song on this album, I think it's the best op- opening sounding track. Um, then we go into the next song, which Dave Mustaine has said in interviews, and you can uh, add to this, Ian, because I'm, I, I was thinking of this earlier, listening to the album. Dave Mustaine said it was the very first song he ever wrote Yes. And what was well, the... T- well, 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 for Megadeth, he... Uh, oh, I thought it was even pre-Metallica. He said it was no, pre-Metallica. Well, from what I read, he wrote this on the bus, the infamous bus trip back from New York when they shit-canned him. And he called it Megadeth. Yes, the, the original title of the song was Megadeth. Uh, he read an article in a paper... Uh, God, I think it was like a fucking Reader's Digest or something, you know, about, uh, you know, re- the, the the term Megadeth means, a, you know, a, a nuclear explosion, you know, so many people dying at once is a mega death. And he thought that was interesting and started writing this song uh, lyrically on the bus ride home, musically in his head. But this was the first, what he considered, this is Megadeth, this is what I'm doing with my new band, to shove it straight up fucking Metallica's ass. So was that Megadeth that he read have an a in it or yes yes it had the a he took he took the a away for whatever reason he thought it was more metal you know it's like putting the little uh umlauts or whatever you know on motley crew or blue oyster cult you know just something to make it different and fucking metal but yeah he took the a away because he thought it was fucking cool he did say something i don't know if it had some of the effect of him taking the a away but uh that a member of the circle jerks have you heard this story no i don't uh, know nothing about this. the, I, the... There was a member of the Circle Jerks that sued Dave Mustaine because of the name Megadeth. He owned it. And oh. Dave Mustaine ended up paying him a lot of money. Maybe some of, some of our listeners out there can correct me. Uh, the whole I just remember that that much. And uh, Dave Mustaine talking about that. But, hey, there you go. Well, that... I, that um, I, did, I did hear one story that he took the A out because he hates Canadians. Oh, I didn't that's know. The, that's the only alternate story I've heard, eh? But I don't know what all that's about. <laughs> Shouldn't it be a C? Oh, whatever. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, yeah, this is another good song. Good. Not fucking out of this world. I, I actually like the instrumental a little more, but no, it's good, you know? 
It does have a little bit of an annoying guitar. I think it's Jeff Young that he does it, which um, I'll tell you how I feel about Jeff Young later. Um, I'm possibly... Oh, no, I don't even want to say that now. Um, so, um, it's a good song. Not great. Uh, what else can I say? I gave a little background on it. It's the first song Dave Mustaine ever wrote after being kicked out of Me- Megadeth. I thought it was the first song he ever wrote, period. Uh, Chris Warney said something about that. Maybe it was the instrumental was the first song he ever wrote. I don't know. But um, that's how I feel about it. That and there and the other thing. Uh, how do you feel about it, Ian? Uh, I love it. I love it. it. It was a grower for me. At first, I was like, mm, I don't know. Like, uh, the video, I believe, had already come out for Anarchy in the UK. So I wanted it to get to that the first time I ever played it. And I kind of... You know, it's one I would skip a lot. But now, like, you know, I've been listening to this a lot lately, uh, getting ready to review this, and I fucking love it. I just think it's great. Old school fucking thrash. I think it's a deep track. And uh, I would love to hear something like this in their fucking live set, considering some of the fucking shit they play, like fucking She-Wolf. You know, fucking bury that fucking turd in the fucking litter box and fucking bring out uh, Set the World of Fire. I, th- I think it'd be much better and it'd make it for a great thrash metal show. Uh, I-, I love it. I love it. I love She-Wolf more than this song. Oh my God, really? I, I really I really like that song. Oh, I hate that fucking song. I've listened to that song so many times I've gone back because I've read in countless interviews where he goes back to that. It never leaves the fucking set list since it came out. And I'm like, man, I it's like fucking... Chinese uh, arithmetic and fucking friends, man. I just don't get it. I do not get the appeal of that fucking shit. To me, that is a horrible... Hor- I, I, I don't know. It's just so fucking bland. You can, you can pour a whole bottle of soy sauce and ketchup on that motherfucker and it still tastes bland. Horrible, horrible fucking song. I love the beginning. That shit's awesome. Well, speaking of shitty songs, uh, how about this one? Uh, Anarchy in the UK... Uh which I actually love this song when it was performed by the Sex Pistols. Always pissed me off how they would end their show with this. I remember there were a couple Megadeth shows that I would leave because I knew it would be the last song. And, and, and one thing, you know, okay, this is going up a little bit. Uh, I don't even know why I'm going to mention this, but I am, I am going to mention it. You know, Megadeth, the Rust in Peace lineup, they were awesome. Don't get me wrong. Everybody looks at that one as the best lineup. Eh, mine's the Peace Cells lineup, but... This one's a close second. They were great. Nick Menza, Marty Freeman. They were awesome. But live? I don't know, man. They were kind of... It was by the numbers. And and I remember, especially during the Countdown Extinction show, like, they had moves. Like, <laughs> Ellison and, and, and Marty Freeman during... Uh, go ahead, punch it up on YouTube. You will find it. If you find any uh, live version of them doing... Uh, just like the Pie Piper. What's the name of that song? Banana. Uh, uh, Symphony Dan- of Destruction. Symphony of Destruction. There's a part in that song they just walk up to each other and just headbang to each other. <laughs> you know? And then they walk away. And it was like so annoying watching that shit. It was like, you're Megadeth. You're not poison. There, it sh- you should not have like, you know, moves. You should be like, you know, spontaneous, you know? And I felt that exactly. It was just <laughs> annoying, you know. Uh, but I'm. Eh, let me go back to uh, this. 
Yes, I'm glad that they stopped playing it. I'm glad Johnny Rotten took the time to write I Am an Antichrist in the song. That way Dave Mustaine could stop playing it. Uh, and uh, horrible. Hor- I hate the covers. I love the original. I think no. Um, never mind the Bullocks is a perfect album. And I'm glad the Sex Pistols broke up after that. It makes that album even much more sweeter. And it's not the first time uh, Megadeth covers uh, a Sex Pistols song. They did it again. I believe it was, was it Problems? Problems. Yes, it was. Yeah, it wasn't as good as the Sex Pistols version either. They're not good at doing Sex Pistols songs. I'm sorry. They're great at doing Nancy Sinatra songs. That that I'll give them. Anyway, so um, I hate Anarchy in the UK. Always have. Even back in the day when they showed that video on Headbangers Ball, I was like, I mean, the animation was kind of cool, but it was just a sucky, sucky song. Uh, Hate it. Hate it. What do you feel, Ian? Uh, uh, I got that feeling in my stomach. You know why? Because I'm agreeing with you a fucking 100%. Now, I will say my opinion has changed over time because when this first came out, I loved it. I, I saw the video on MTV, that horrible, you know, like the Vic Rattlehead looks like a shitty Muppet, just like on the cover. You know, what a shitty cover. After... After a cover like Peace Sells, the album cover for this was fucking horrible. Horrible, horrible. Hor- hor- horrible. Distorted and shit, just like the production. But uh, but I did like the song, but at that point, I did not know the Sex Pistols. I knew of them, but I didn't know them. So I thought it was good until I discovered the Sex Pistols, and I was like, yeah, this is bad. This is wrong. This is so pedestrian. And again, Even though Steve Jones did play the guitar solo on this song uh, at that period he was doing glam metal albums uh, just so oh do you so, know the, do you know the story behind that <laughs> yeah where he showed up and he wanted a blowjob yeah from Dave Mustaine see and, and I'm wondering but did he want it from Dave Mustaine or just a blowjob in general he said he wanted suction and Dave was like uh, I'll, I'll give you money but I ain't gonna give you that other thing so it sounded like it was toward Dave Mustaine see I didn't Mustaine's such a fucking homophobe. He is a homophobe like a motherfucker. Mustaine, Mustaine is also, even to this day, you, th- you you know, you talk about his crazy Christianity beliefs. Even back then, dude, he was like, we're not going to see 1990. Uh, Reagan's going to blow us up. And, oh, yeah, my favorite was, nobody knows this. Nobody will clear to see, but Ronald Reagan is the Antichrist. He really is the devil. He actually believed this. He said, look how old he is. He gets shot. He lives. His name is Ronald Wilson Reagan. All three words add up six. Ronald Wilson six has six letters, and Reagan has six letters. Six six six. And he supposedly lived in a house, you know, other than the White House. That the address is six six six. So yeah, he he ran around saying that how, you know, uh, Ronald Reagan's the devil, and he's gonna kill us all. Uh, and and also, you know, another thing. Uh, interesting about Dave Mustaine. Remember uh, the song "The Conjuring," which was basically Love it. yeah, yeah Love one it. of my favorite Megadeth songs. Yes. Love it. Uh, that song's about casting spells on people. You know, um, like you know, like death, deadly spells to kill people. You know, and of course. Now, I, I heard that song. He that, that was him. He actually cast a spell on Sammy Hagar for being a homo. Oh really? Oh man! That's, and, and then that's it, what I heard. 
it worked and it, it affected his uh, well, way, well, writing well, lyrics. Oh, well, here's here's what happened. He did the spell to kill fucking Sammy Hagar, but he fucking couldn't read it right. So, in fact, what happened was it killed Van Halen. Oh. You know, by putting out albums like 5150 and OU812 and fucking balance. So, he didn't get it right. He did in a way. You know, he killed Van Halen, but originally he wanted to kill Sammy Hagar for being a homo. True story. Wow. Yeah, he gives homos a bad name. Exactly. Well, here's my point. Uh, who, other than Sammy Hagar, because I, I didn't know that, but who did Dave Mustaine like hate more than anybody back then? Metallica. Exactly. And, and don't you think that he probably thought, hey, man, I think I killed Cliff Burton. I always thought that. Because he was always casting spells on people, but he never admitted that he cast spells on Metallica back then. Now, well, of course, it's coincidental. I don't believe his spells killed Cliff Burton. That's ridiculous to think something like that. Unless I was Dave Mustaine. Well, from, from what I read, when he said he was casting spells... That was as a teenager, so this was pre-Metallica. Oh, uh, no, I, I think he even said it later on. that he. Well, well, well he might have, you know. You'll yeah, say during anything. the Conjuring, during that era. Yeah. You'll say anything to sell a fucking record. And Cliff was but, alive when he wrote that song. you got to remember that. Right. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I also want to say this. Dave Mustaine is extremely underrated as a musician. I feel like he's an amazing guitar player that gets outshined by all these killer guitar players he hires for Megadeth. I think I think he is very much responsible for inventing thrash metal. Oh, I, I think he's the best guitar player out of the big the big four by far, is, is Dave Mustaine. Okay, I, who, who do we have? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, only Dan Spitz comes close, you know. Uh, and, and, no, no, and I, I love Anthrax. I love Anthrax. Not, not even that close. Okay, I, I went a little I, I, over. I love it a million times more than you. I think... I think Dave Mustaine is by far yeah. the most talented guitar player in thrash. Just and, amazing. And, and also invented. What was what did that called? The spider walk or something like that? There's a certain thing he does that he invented. You know, I think Dave Mustaine is extremely underrated. Well, I, he, he, he invented good thrash guitar, but he won't play it anymore because he's a Christian. Well, yeah. He did do it on Endgame, though. You got to give him that. Oh, Endgame had some great songs. Yeah, it, it, it did. And the two prior uh, before that were pretty good. But, you know, I mean, I'm here calling Dave a, a fluke, and a, a, a crazy bastard, you know. He's always been crazy, but he is very, very talented. And you know what they say, you know. I mean, the crazier you are, the more talented you are. And, and we all know I'm very crazy. So, um, what do you call? Uh, I, oh, anarchy sucks. You All right, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm still on Anarchy. I got an Anarchy story I'd like to bring up. This was a sad, sad Megadeth fucking story. Uh, I saw him on OzFest. I want to believe it was like uh, 98 or 99, some shit like that. I, I want to say 98. And by this point, they, they full-blown sold out with that piece of shit fucking cryptic writings. And there's not even a pit for Megadeth. I mean, can you imagine... An open show, like no seating. There's not even a pit for fucking Megadeth. Uh, finally, they play Wake Up Dead. Me and my good friend Matt Pasenka start the only fucking pit. Because we're so happy that Jesus Christ at least they're playing fucking Wake Up Dead. And then he goes, okay, we got time for one more song. What do you want to hear? 
and we're up front. We start screaming, wake up dead. We get this huge chant. I mean, hundreds of people around us. We're going, uh, or no, no, no. I'm sorry. Now I fucked up. Okay, it wasn't wake up dead. We start, we started to pit for another song and we started to chant for wake up dead. You know, one more song. What do you want to hear? We're like, wake up dead, wake up dead, wake up. I mean, just hundreds of people screaming this. And he goes, all right, here you go. Anarchy in the UK. Oh, and we're like, are, yeah, are yeah. you fucking kidding me? Like, really? Like, I couldn't believe, like, I just saw, I just saw Motley Crue on their supposed farewell tour. And, dude, trust me, I wasn't expecting shit out of this. That show fucking floored me. They were incredible. But in the middle of the show, they did their even worse version of fucking Anarchy in the UK. No band should do Anarchy in the UK but the fucking Sex Pistols. End of fucking story. Alright? Fucking Motley Crue and Megadeth are not punk bands. No, and okay. they're and they're not they're not from the UK either. Exactly. Exactly. You know, if if you want to do, you know, mildly pissed off in Encino, go ahead. <laughs> you know? But it's not yeah. anarchy in the fucking UK. And, uh, yeah, it was a very sad... I'll, I'll never forget, man, after we started the pit... Like I said, now I can't remember what actually song we were pitting for. But we begged for Wake Up Dead. And then you hear this shit. Like, it, was probably, it was probably looking down the cross, right? Aha, you like that one? That's a funny joke. Oh, yeah, I love... Yeah, no, it sure as fuck wasn't that. But it had, it had to be something heavier than fucking Trust. I'll tell you that fucking shit. But oh, anyway... I never liked that song. Oh, oh God, fuck it. That's... That's crap. another one that always survived the set list. Oh, God. I, I actually saw them. I think the last time I saw Megadeth, they actually opened with that song. That is their biggest hit, though. Is it? If it, it is. If you go by like radio charts and shit like that, that was a huge hit for them. And when I, I was living in uh, Orlando at the time, Cryptic Writings came out, and you could not turn on the radio without hearing that song. And it just sat. I'm like, this is not Megadeth. What the fuck is it? You know, you're hearing that shit right next to fucking Creed and that kind of shit. You know, it's wow. like, that's what they wanted. That's what they wanted, you know. And, oh, God, fucking horrible. But uh, we got other tracks to get into. So let's get into Mary Jane, which I would have to say is my second least favorite song on the album. Well, I am it, very surprised are you saying that. Even though I, I do like the song, but everything else on this album, I like a whole hell of a lot better. I know I know we gotten off on this tangent where we're slamming the fuck out of them, but I really do like this album. And uh, there's only two songs I really don't care for, and that's Anarchy in the UK and Mary Jane. Not to say I hate Mary Jane. It's just, I don't know, there's, it's to me it's got potential that isn't fulfilled. And, and then that's all I can say about it. Uh Really, but I did have this shirt, the Mary Jane shirt. This is funny. I wore this shit to school, and I took fucking home back my freshman year because I thought it'd be an easy fucking A. And we we had to do a demonstration. Like you got to make something. You know, you're getting great on this shit. Me and my buddy fucking pick peanut butter and jelly sandwich. We're like, how can you fuck that up? Here's an easy grade. So we get our grade and we get a D. And I go to the teacher. I'm bitch. I'm like, how the fuck do we get a D? on a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And she goes, because you're wearing a drug shirt. Oh. And, I, and I'm like, I'm like, you know, you know, this is me and her talking, you know, I, I, we went outside the classroom talking about this shit. I go, what in the fuck do you mean I'm wearing a drug shirt? 
She goes, I know what Mary Jane means. And me, I was so fucking naive at the time. I had no idea that Mary Jane was a slang for weed. Honestly, I swear to God, I had no idea that that was a fucking slang. But I don't think the, the song was a slang for weed, right? No, 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 no. The song was about a witch in uh, in Minnesota. Right. Okay. It's like an old, an old tale. Uh, Dave Ellison Jr. told him the story about, oh, you know, the legend of this witch in, in Minnesota and blah, blah, blah. That's what the song was about. But my teacher thought I was wearing a drug shirt. And that affected my grade on my peanut butter and jelly sandwich demonstration. So maybe that's another reason that I'm pissed off about this song. And like I said, I don't hate it. It just like I'm like, eh. You know, it just kind of it passes by. What do you think about Mary Jane? A lot of people I know love this song. They always point to this song. This is a song that survived the set list both times I saw them on the so far. You know, even when they opened for Dio, they still made. I never liked it. I, I, I don't even like it, like, even a little. It, to me, it's kind of like, it reminds me a lot of In My Darkest Hour, but a poor version of it. Like, uh, you want to hear a better version of this, flip the album over. I don't like this song. I never liked it. It was always in the uh, set list. I mean, I think I would appreciate it more if it was a B-side, you know? But as, even then, I'd understand why well, it would be a B-side. But, I mean, it never was played again after this tour, obviously, but... I just thought it was a a throwaway track that did not absolutely nothing for me. But uh, that's why I was surprised that you didn't like it, Ian, because everybody I know loves that song. I'm like the odd man out, but man, look at that. Well, what the hell's going on, man? You yeah, got better I, beer or something? I don't know. No, same old Rolling Rock. How you doing, Latrobe, Pennsylvania? Oh, well, well uh, there you go. Well, uh, yeah, so let's flip this... Mother over. <laughs> there you go. And we're going to go to 502. What does 502 mean, by the way? Do you know? I believe I believe 502 is a police code. Much You're like right. 50, You're right. I forgot much about like that. Much like 5150 is a police code. Uh, 502, I believe, is the drunk driver uh, police code. All right. This song's about riding your car fast and... Uh, and uh, getting, you know, getting pulled over by the cops. And uh, it starts off with... Total Dave Mustaine stamp killer riff, and then it goes into like a real fast groove. Uh, 502 to me is an exceptional track, the best track so far. I think it eclipses everything on side one. 502 rules. I love the little sound effect where the car crashes. That's just Pull over, dickhead! <laughs> and that little thing toward the end where the car is revving up and then it crashes and when it like makes that big crashing noise it goes right back into the song I love it I think this is a great great song 502 rules that's how I feel about it what do you feel about oh my god this is so fucking eerie this is my second favorite song on the fucking album there you go Uh, well it's not my second favorite uh, yeah it's my second favorite I absolutely fucking love it (laughs) great driving song uh, great riff by Mustaine. I mean, this is total, like, guitar-wise. When I think of Megadeth, I think of songs like 502. Just amazing, amazing riff and a fun song. Uh, and it's so funny because uh, after he recorded this song, I think it's before uh, the release of Rust in Peace, he would get he would get arrested on a 502. Wow. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I believe he wrecked his car uh, 
either just prior to the recording or during the recording of Rest in Peace. Uh, but man, just Megadeth through and fucking through. And then it leads into, oh my fucking God. Uh, by far, I believe everybody's favorite on the album. I'll be surprised if you contradict me on this, Ralph. Well, you but, get ready to be surprised. Holy shit. Okay, all right. Well, in my darkest hour, I fucking love this song. This is in my top five all-time Megadeth songs. Uh, just amazing. I wouldn't change a note of this. And this is why I was so fucking pissed when I bought those 94 or 2004 remasters. Oh, my God. You know, because I was thinking, I was like, man, out of all the albums of Megadeth that really need remastering, I was thinking, okay, Killing's My Business and, and fucking So Far, So Good, So What? But they weren't remasterings. They were reimagined. I mean, it was like George Lucas shit, you know, where they add all this shit that wasn't there. It wasn't like, you know, bringing up shit and taking down shit, making it sound better. No, it was like, okay, here's Jabba coming through the middle of the fucking song. And it was fucking horrible. Horrible. But this song, on the original version, a fucking masterpiece, uh, a masterpiece uh, musically, lyrically. Uh, I mean, I, I can't imagine a fan who hasn't listened to this song and felt that way one day. And I'm not one of those suicidal motherfuckers, but I've been depressed over some shit, you know, and you hear a song like this and you just identify and it's just so fucking awesome. Uh, man, I love it. And I've, I've heard stories like he wrote this after he found out uh, Cliff Burton died. That I don't know if I believe or not because lyrically it has nothing to do with that. To me, and this is just my interpretation, people, to me, lyrically, it's totally about a fucking chick. Well, of course, he says, haha, bitch. Yeah. You, you know, but, but you know, I kind of think it's like something in an afterthought, like, oh, uh, it's a classic, and I wrote it about Cliff, you know? Now, maybe musically it was inspired by Cliff, could very well be, but lyrically, very far from anything I would associate with the great Cliff Burton. He said he wrote the music the night he found out he died. Okay, well, well that, that maybe I can buy, but lyrically, I think it has nothing to do with Cliff Burton. But regardless, I don't give a fuck about if this shit's about fucking B. Arthur. I love this fucking song. Uh, amazing, amazing song. That is always in the Megadeth set list, and it should be. Uh, it definitely should. The same way the fucking Conjuring should be, you Jesus fucking freak. Um, love, 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 love. In my darkest hour, and I can't believe, Ralph, that you would have anything bad to say about this. But that smirk on my face tells me something different. I like Crush Em more than In My Darkest Hour. Are you? Oh, oh, stop. that is that better be a joke, right? Yeah, of course. But you okay. didn't laugh. It wasn't a funny joke, was it? Ooh, 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 no, ooh, you, no, you scared me seriously. Like I felt something in my chest. Like, oh my god. <laughs> no, god, I, I love the hell out of this song. This to me is uh, Megadeth's Stairway to Heaven. Uh, you know, every band has that one song that's like the epic, not necessarily the best song they ever wrote, but, uh, you know, it's the epic, great, and yes. No, and believe it or not, Ian, the last time I saw them, they didn't play it. Um, wow. I, yeah, man. Wow. They, they played, what was the, I think oh, that, that was a, the sh- a tulip ball. They play that fucking shitty I, band. They play Trust. 
Oh, God. Yeah, but you know that shitty song I'm talking about? Oh, no, it's horrible. Yeah. I hate it. Oh, I hate that song. I hate it. Yeah, yeah, it sucks. I hate it. So, so, it's even double worse because it's in French. Yeah, it's, 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 there's also a, a full French version, I, I think. And then he re-recorded it with the girl from... Uh, yeah, yeah, that other that, the that French girl. Band. The girl. Yeah. From that girl from that band. Yeah. It, Lacuna yeah. Coil, I think. Yeah, right? Lacuna Coil. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so... Um, not in my darkest hour. Come on. You know, it is a great, great, fantastic song. Um, I would say it is my favorite. I know I was telling you it wasn't. But man, there's one that's so close that I love so much. And that would be the next one, Liar. I love that song so damn much. It's so catchy. Never seen them play it live, but I do have a video of them playing it live before the album came out. Um, but, you know, I can understand how, you know, they don't want to play it live because that one part where Damon sings like, for a minute, just constantly singing, which oh, yeah. is virtually impossible to do. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I would have to say, man, it may not be, you know, it's not as good because to me, In My Darkest Hours is like a masterpiece. But as far as like a thrashing damn song, man, Liars is the best one out of here uh, along with um, In My Darkest Hour. I love Liar. It just kicks fucking ass. It's about Chris Poland, I believe. Yes. But, he, you know, he also starts talking about Alzheimer's disease and your sister is a junkie, and you're all who knows if that all that was connected with uh, Chris. I know the part where he says hot guitars. That's right. definitely about Chris, you know. But uh, great song, love it. What do you feel about Liar? Oh God, this song is fucking horrible. Really? No, I'm just kidding. I love oh. this fucking song. I love it. I love it. Yes, yeah, yes. It's it, he wrote this about Chris Poland, and. Uh, I don't know how much 100% truth there is about, you know, what he claims in the song, but uh, by all accounts, Chris Poland was a pretty fucked up junkie, but which is really sad because so is the rest of the band. Yeah. At this point, at this point, you know, Junior and Dave are both on fucking heroin. Uh, you know, and it might be a little case of, you know, the fucking uh, pot calling the kettle black there, but... Uh, it translates into a great song that was later. You know what I think the case is here is that, you know, Dave Mustaine is the name of the band. And yeah. he's the guy that uh, was probably getting endorsements and making all the money. And, right. and you know, and he's the junkie with all the money where Chris Poland has no money and he's the junkie. I think Dave Mustaine would have did the same damn thing if he didn't have that, that flow, you know, that, that he had at the time. You know, Dave Allison... I don't know about him, to tell you the truth, if he really was a junkie. I think that was... I don't know, man. I don't well, know. He's, he seems, he's, he's, that guy always seemed to me a little squeaky clean, even back then. Well, it's funny. Uh, that same show I was talking about in the previous episode where uh, fucking Megadeth stole the pit from fucking Pantera and put it in their video. Uh, I, I saw that, that at Alpine Valley, Wisconsin. And I saw this dude who was from Minnesota. And that's where Ellison's from. He says, that's my cousin. I'll tell you what, this motherfucker looked just like him, too, so I believe it. You know, because I was in in that part of the country. He's like, yeah, that's my cousin, eh? (laughs) You know, and I was like, okay, cool. Uh, I I think he probably dabbled in it, you know, but uh, he didn't get to it as far as the rest of them. 
I personally, I think Dave Mustaine just hates the fucking world because he has red hair. I don't know too many men with red hair that aren't fucking angry. I mean, the only angrier person you can find than a man with red hair is a man who's short. You know, you get that Napoleon complex. Oh, yeah. You get the, you know, you get the red hair thing. You know, the Axl Rose fucking thing. I mean, they're just miserable fucking pricks. No matter no matter how good shit's going, they just always have something to fucking prove. Uh, you know, and you know, I, I'm not small, but I'm not tall either. But I do have blonde hair. Uh, but uh, yeah, redheads and, and short guys, man, they got a fucking chip on their shoulder. And, and Dave definitely has a chip on his shoulder and fucking getting kicked out of the biggest metal band in the world probably didn't fucking help either. But, uh, whatever it is, whatever translated in this song worked like fucking magic because Liar is just a bad motherfucker, man. And, you know, like fucking just spewing that fucking hatred that fucking bare naked ladies ripped off, you know, for their song. You know, you know, I forgot this. They did play this live again. When I saw them on the Gigantor tour, oh, really? The, yeah, the I don't know which Gigantor. It was the one that Overkill was on. Um, nice. They, they nice. played Liar. Yeah, yeah that that was nice. a shocking, shocking thing. They played nice. Liar that night on Gigantor. Nice. Did it rip? It was awesome. Yeah, it was really nice. good. I think nice. that was uh, the Drover Brothers. Was that like? Uh, that, well, yeah, that was probably like about around uh, United. Uh... Yeah. Ambitions or whatever, uh, abomination or whatever. What are those United that? Abomination. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't see that fucking. I, I'd given up by, on him by that point. But uh, oh wow, and, and just let that let that be a lesson to other bands. Like, please, every once in a while, bring out songs like this in your set list to appease the people who have been there forever and keep coming back, and stop playing the greatest fucking hits because. When bands play songs like this, the people who who go there year after year, man, that means everything to them. You know, that I, goes that goes for every band. You know, I mean, I you know, especially like you know, Paul Stanley. I mean, even though I will never go see Kiss again, but you know, Paul Stanley always says, and Def Leppard. I've heard Def Leppard say the same thing. Oh, we don't want to play songs that only two people in the audience are going to know, even though they're very much exaggerating. But you know. How cool would it be for that handful? I'd say, you know, uh, ten thousand people there to go see Def Leppard. There's gonna be at least one thousand that'll go ape shit if they throw out Lady Strange. You know oh, what I, I mean? I, I, I agree, but here's the thing: I kind of get that to a point because the people who like Lady Strange gave up on Def Leppard a long fucking time ago. You know who still goes out there? Is the fat fucking girl that you know that cuts hair and fucking you know? Uh, uh, what, what the fuck no, you do have a point, Ian, because I you haven't know, seen. You know what I mean? I mean, it's 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 the fat chick that knows hysteria and loves hysteria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that, yeah. That, that's who still goes to see Death Leopard because I've never seen Death Leopard and probably never will be because the Death Leopard I know and love died after Pyromania. I have, I saw the High and Dry tour, I saw the Pyromania tour, and I went to go see the Hysteria tour, I don't know why, uh, but I did go to that, and that was the last time I saw Def Leppard, so you do have a point, like if they were to play Lady Strange live, I wouldn't have been there. Yeah. So yeah, I guess you do have a point. 
And here's things I will say in Kiss's favor is, you know, if you are one of the guys that, like, seriously has enough money to go on one of those Kiss cruises, they do play better set lists, and they do bring back old gems. Uh, because if you're stupid enough to spend all the fucking money they want on, for that fucking Kiss cruise, goddamn, they better take care of you. But the, the general person that's going to go see the fucking... Uh, you know, the the KISS Aerosmith tour, the KISS Death Leopard tour, the KISS Motley Crue tour, uh, you know, the, the KISS fucking Huey Lewis and the News tour. Yeah, they only want to hear the fucking hits. And, uh, and, and they don't, because they're not fucking fans. They want to, oh, I saw that makeup band. I want to take my kids to see that makeup band. You know, it's the same thing with Megadeth. I, I think a lot of the true Megadeth fans have really given up on Megadeth. Now, maybe in other countries... Uh, you know, like, you know, South America or Europe, you know, we're still, you know, they come out in droves to see the shows. They would probably really appreciate it. But, but we in America, can't, we can't talk for them. We can only talk for the Americans. Right. Right. I get, I'm going to talk for the Americans, but I know most of my American friends that love Megadeth have given up on it. Yeah, me too. They, they don't go see Megadeth anymore. You know, they might like, you know, they'll probably like most people in this day and age, they'll listen to uh, what they hear online. And if they don't like it, they're not going to go. If it's not fucking heavy, if it's not old school fucking Megadeth, uh, they're not going to go out on a fucking Tuesday and hire a fucking babysitter, you know, to, to hear fucking trust. You know, maybe maybe if you're playing the fucking Conjuring, they'd go out, but they're not going to do it for fucking trust. I'll tell you that fucking much or, or get them. Yeah, or you know, yeah, you know, I agree with you, uh, but for some reason, Megadeth is one band I'll never... Miss Live, no matter, I saw the Risk Tour, I saw whatever, you know, they didn't come for, uh, for the last uh, crappy album, the last two albums, the last time I saw Megadeth was uh, when they toured with Slayer and Anthrax, but you know, nice. I mean, I saw the Endgame Tour and I saw the tours before that, I would never miss them because, after all, I don't have to look for a, a babysitter because that's my baby mama's jobs. <laughs> Uh, nice. But I never miss Megadeth. But boy, I will skip a fucking Metallica show. I haven't seen Metallica since the first load, ninety six, ninety five, whatever. That I haven't seen last... Metallica since the. I've only seen Metallica once, and that was the Black Album. And that was a damn good show. I mean, well, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, w- I will tell you this: I saw the the third show of the Black Album tour at Rosemont Horizon, Chicago, Illinois, and nice. they only they only played three songs off the blackout wow that's awesome and, and and man it was a fucking incredible show it's tight and by all means i've seen a lot of videos and i've seen a lot of shit metallica still do bring it live i will give them credit they are still a good live band but god damn it, i i'm not going there to hear fucking fuel you know yeah i know and i oh. saw i saw the 3d movie and i was really impressed by the live stuff on there it was pretty damn cool but not enough to go pay and see them. Cause... Right. Now, 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 if Metallica said, hey, we're going to do only songs off, you know, the first four albums. I'm there. And we're bringing out fucking Merciful Fate and yeah. Diamond Head. Yeah. As opening bands. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm there. I'm, I, I don't care if it's fucking 12 in the afternoon. I'll quit my fucking job and go. But, yeah. you know, the, the shit they do now, like, if it's going to be like fucking Metallica and fucking Days of the New, I'm not fucking going, you know? Just saying. Fuck Metallica. Yeah, fuck them. Anyway, we still got one more song to get through. All right. On this, uh, 
What what is what is that song, Ian? That would be Hook in Mouth. Wow. Wow. I fucking love Hook in Mouth. Uh it's kind of it's dated a little bit by uh by the lyrics of the PMRC. And I think even even Megadeth was a little bit late on the boat on this because, you know, this is a couple years. Yeah, it was re- like three years after the fact. Yeah, removed from, from when they were a legitimate threat. Yeah, they, they, probably, have, they, probably were they, still, they probably still were lingering around and nobody cared. Right, right, exactly. But it doesn't matter because I love this fucking song. I, I, I love the fucking riff to this. And I love uh, the whole way he spells out freedom, you know, when he's singing the song. Uh, to me, it's got a great sing-along type chorus that would totally lend itself to live uh, participation. Uh, and I think it's a great way to end it, what, what is actually a very short album. Uh, but I love it. I love it. As many rants and detours we've took on this review. I absolutely love this fucking album, other than fucking Anarchy in the UK. And I kind of only half-ass like Mary Jane. Other than that, I love this fucking album. And I think it's a great way to end it. And it's a cool fucking song. What do you think, Rob? Yeah, I think it's a great song. What you were saying, this song, this album is so short that they, you, I can tell that they tacked in that freedom. It went on a little too long. You know, they, they did it again. F is for red, R is for red. And then they went back into it again. It's like, dude, really? You have to go through all this again? But they, I, li- I liked it. I, liked I don't know. I think they did it to prolong the album. Um, I love Side 2. Oh, wait. Hook and Mouth. Love it. Great song. I have nothing bad to say about it, except a little repetitions toward the end. I would have just liked them to go right into, you know, put your hand right up my shirt, pull the strings that make me work. You know, after the first time he spells out freedom. But whatever. Um, great song. And to sum up the album... I love side two. Side one's blah. The the in, the opening instrumental is good, but I still don't think it's as good as side two. All four songs on side two to me is the saving grace on this album. Um, Jeff Young was no Chris Paul and no Marty Freeman, but I guess he served the purpose. He was Al Petrelli before Al Petrelli, and Al Petrelli's <laughs> awesome. And he, but he wasn't awesome for Megadeth. Yeah, but Al Petrelli owes me 20 bucks, so fuck him. Uh, well, damn. Th- three more times more than Ace. Well, no, I, yeah, I, well, I bet Al Petrelli wouldn't last more than one fucking album with Megadeth. You know, I was right. Yeah, you were right. He's a great <laughs> guitar player. His, his work in Widowmaker's awesome. And he was a yeah. sabotage, too. Right, just he, great guitar player. He's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. Yeah. I met him. Yeah, but, but um, he owes me 20 bucks. Yeah. Anyway, so... um. Uh, to sum up the album, it's kind of like, you know, the first four albums, this is the worst out of the first four, in my opinion. Is it better than Countdown? Uh, I think they're almost at par, because I'm not a big fan of Countdown, but Countdown does have Captive Honor, and I, god damn, I love that song. And, um, but, you know, um, I don't know, man, So Far So Good So What was... I don't know. I think it wasn't really uh, an album they really focused on too much. Maybe it was the height of Dave Mustaine's heroin use. Um, kind of slapped together. Extremely short. Using songs that are old that he wrote many years ago, like he admitted. Um, but, you know, 
Megadeth is so awesome in the early incarnation that even this album that I'm not too crazy about shines on side two. So if side one was like side two, this would be a contender. I would say it would be better than uh, than than Countdown. Not better than Rust. And definitely not better than Peace or Killing of My Business. So that's that's uh, what I have to say about that, Ian. All right. Um, I, I still love this album, even though sonically it doesn't sound all that great. Uh, what happened, they started recording this with Dave Mustaine and Paul Lanny as producers. And Paul Lanny was the guy they hired to remix uh, what everybody heard on the Capitol version of Peace Sells But Who's Buying. And uh, I think he was heading in the right direction. Then they went to mix the record. Paul Lanny told Dave Mustaine, he says, hey, let's go to Woodstock, New York, and all this shit, and to look for inspiration, get out of fucking L.A., and do a really good mix on this. And his thing was, he said he saw Paul Lanny in his underwear out in the fucking woods feed an apple to a deer and said, what the fuck am I doing here? And left and went back fired Paul Lanny. They had Michael Wagner uh, come back and mix the album who you know, Dave, Dave says he thinks ruined the album and in a way I kind of got to agree as, as much as Michael Wagner is a great producer and engineer and has done a lot of good uh, metal and hard rock albums uh, you know, he was also a fucking engineer on fucking uh fucking master puppets I believe so keep that in fucking mind um, but on this album I don't think it worked it does have a muddy fucking sound like I said it's it you know it sounds like something that fucking you left in the fridge and you didn't put the lid on it and it just dried out uh, they did replace Gar and, and, and Chris Poland they got uh, Jeff uh, Beeler or Baylor or something like that uh, or no Ch- Chuck Baylor Chuck Baylor he was Gar's roadie, and when they knew Gar was too fucked up from heroin, they just said, hey, you're here, fucking step on in. Uh, Jeff Young was not the original choice. They picked Ray Reynolds from the metal band Malice. I believe he is in the No More Mr. Nice Guy video, am I right? Handing the kid a guitar? Ray Reynolds? Or, yeah. Uh, that I'm not sure. I, I, I so. I'm not sure. But uh, Ray Reynolds uh, was originally who they picked... But he was having trouble learning Chris Poland's solos. So he took the tapes to his guitar teacher, who was Jeff Young, and said, hey, listen to this and transcribe it for me so I can play it. And uh, Mustaine got a little pissed off by that. Like, you should be able to figure this out. He says, you know, why am I fucking bothering with you? Why I'm going to cut out the middleman and I'm going to go to your fucking guitar teacher, who was Jeff Young. So then they hired Jeff Young was from like a hair metal band in the LA area, wasn't into thrash, uh, knew nothing of their past catalog. But of course, you know, hey, these guys are fucking signed. He's gonna take the fucking job. And I believe I, I can't. I, I read a little bit of Mustaine's biography. I have it, but it's a bathroom book. I pick up every once in a while when I'm taking a dump. And I I, I think uh, there was like some girlfriend issues because Jeff Young was a fucking pretty boy. And I think he hit it on fucking Mustaine's girlfriend or some shit like that. And then I heard there was some shit uh, like Mustaine had a thing for Doro Pesh and Jeff Young. They were on tour together and Jeff Young was hitting on her. So there was some shit like that. 
mean, I just think it was a bad mix from the fucking start. He's not a thrash player. He didn't love thrash music. He wasn't part of that thrash generation, you know? He wasn't part of that movement. He was way more, he was more Motley fucking crew than he was fucking, you know, Slayer. Um, so, the album does sound kind of weird. The drums, I think, are very weak. But I don't know if it's necessarily because Chuck was so bad on drums or just they were so poorly recorded. They just sound bad to me, you know? Uh, but I, 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 lo- I love this album. I really do. It's very special, you know, time and place in my heart because uh, that's when I was discovering Thrash, you know? And uh, I still listen to this. And I, I agree with Ralph. Side 2 is way much stronger than side one, but uh, I, I, I tell you, no no band of the big four disappoints me more than fucking Megadeth, by far. Because you got the talent of Dave Mustaine, yet I've really given a fuck less about what this band has done since Euthanasia. Uh, I do like Endgame, and you know, on every album, there's a song here or there, and it just epitomizes why I think bands like Testament and Overkill are a million times better than Megadeth. Dave Mustaine won't play Anarchy in the UK, which is a good thing, but he also won't play Conjuring because he's a fucking piece of shit, born again. I don't do... Your music always suffers. Uh, Maybe God likes this shit, but uh, I think new Megadeth is is fucking weak, pussy, false metal. That's just me. There you go. And, you know, I mean, Alice Cooper's also... (laughs) Alice Cooper's also Christian, but it doesn't affect his music. Right. You know, I mean, he does it right. He keeps it to himself. I mean, now and then he'll, say, he'll let people know that he believes in Jesus and he's a Christian, but he does, he still releases stuff like Brutal Planet and, you know, Along Comes a Spider and, you know, some, you know, he has a song about a crossdresser in jail. I mean, come on. How cool yeah, is that? Yeah, but he, he, he doesn't stop playing Dead Babies. You know, and I love that. You know, yeah, and he, yeah, of course, and I love the dead. He still plays all that live. You know, it's like right. because right. you know, and Dave Mustaine is just a, a strange fella, man. You know, he. But the thing is, he's always been that way. That's you know, part and parcel why he was like kicked out of Metallica. And I listened to Testaments last time, and I was like, you know what, this shit is from the heart. Because they know they have no opportunity of getting on the radio. There ain't no Testament singles going to the fucking radio. And Overkill, just, man. Right. Oh, Overkill. Overkill is putting out the last fucking three, four Overkill albums are some of the best they've ever done in yeah. their career. Better but than all thrash. All the old school thrash bands, I oh, think yeah. Megadeth is the one. I mean, Overkill is the one releasing the most quality stuff, even better than Testament. I, I think, I, I, well, you know what? I got to agree with you there. As much, and I'm a huge testament in Overkill fan. But you know what? Those are bands uncompromising. Hey, you know they're like we are doing this because this is the music that we fucking love, and it comes through. I mean, it comes through. And another, and another thing about Overkill is that unlike Testament, unlike all these bands, Overkill releases albums like really fast, mm-hmm. and 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 you know Testament takes their time, and Overkill still eclipses them. I'm sorry. I mean, I liked. You know, look, I like the last couple of Testaments, don't get me wrong. I don't love it. I think The Gathering was really good. Oh, I love The Gathering. The Gathering was, was like, to me, the, the, one of their best albums. 
you know, but um, oh, yeah, fuck Lomb- Lombardo and Steve DiGiorgio. It's a, DiGiorgio, it's a sick, oh. sick album, and the songs Three Days of oh. Darkness, DNR. It's a yeah. great, great album. Um, but Overkill's been released in gatherings over and over again, you know. I mean, because to tell you the truth, I can't say, man, man, what's better, Iron Will or White Devil Armory? I mean, there, I, I would have to even say White Devil, Devil Armory. It's better than Iron oh. Will, and Iron Will, I give a 10 to, you know? Dude, the the the, the title track, well, I guess you call it the title track, the Armorist off of the last yeah. Overkill album. Holy fucking shit, dude. I, I, put that, I put that up against everybody. That is some of the hardest fucking shit I've ever heard. The drums from uh, Lipnicki are so fucking pounding. The, the fucking vocals by, by Blitz. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, and 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 I opened for him on that tour. Yeah, uh, I know, I know. Well, you know why? Because you're a real motherfucker. Yeah, you know? I got to open for Overkill. Hey, man, for on that tour, I'm uh, I can look back saying, White Devil Armory. I played with him on that that album. You know. But you know what I mean? That that is bands that are riding from the fucking heart. You know. Yeah, they are. And, and, and you know, you can do different shit, but it'd still be from the heart. You know, I I love old fucking Aerosmith. Dream On, as much as I never want to hear that fucking song again, was from the fucking heart. But, you know, you fast forward 30 fucking years and you hear bullshit like amazing. You know, that's not from the heart. That's trying to get on the radio. That's begging for a crossover hit. And it comes across, to a true fan, it comes across. You know? And, man, I just want to hear some shit from the heart. And uh, I just don't know if Mustaine's heart's in it anymore. Well, you know, it, I, I thought that too before Endgame, so you never know. Yeah, no, no, no. Endgame was good, but but sometimes I wonder, like, hey, was Endgame kind of like their death, death magnetic? Is it them just no. trying no, to be heavy? No, because it sounds genuine. Death magnetic sounds fake, sounds forced. And they couldn't keep it, like, thrashy the whole album. But even when they did get thrashy, it did not, it sounded like rich guys trying to live their youth, where, dude, on Head Crusher, Dave goes, Wow, you know that's the old man that snarl that right. Dave Mustaine snarl. I mean, oh, I missed that. I, you know, I missed and he it. did it in that song. That's the one thing that sold that man. I was like, damn, fuck yeah, now that's Megadeth, and it sounds real genuine to me. It sounds like hunger. Dave Mustaine saying, you know what, man? I guess people forgot that I'm the guy that invented all this shit, and he blew his load on Endgame. But I think with Super Collider being the the obvious sellout album that it was, Dave's not going to do that again. I hope he's not that crazy. I I, I think a lot of what that was is he blamed a lot of uh, the end game and 13 debacle on Roadrunner, which I don't think is fair. Oh, they didn't push it enough because it didn't do as good as cryptic writings. Well, motherfucker, it ain't 1997. Exactly. And, and, and super Collider didn't really set the world on fire either. You know, Right, right, right. And if anything, it, it set them back 10 fucking years because the fans that they gained back, they lost all over again. But who who yeah. do you sign? Universal or something like that? Uh, yeah, I think he's got his own... Imp- I mean, who? there's no record labels like they used to be anymore. Right. You know? Uh, you know, but can you blame a fan for not rushing out to buy fucking Super Collider? It's fucking... I, I, I listened to it today and I heard the, the, the you know, the, the, the first track, uh, Kingmaker. I was like, okay... Not, not not bad, not bad. And then it goes into fucking uh, Super Collider. I'm like, what kind of fucking... 
bullshit commercial shit is this? And then it goes into Burn, which is an even worse fucking... You know, and I was like... And then I turned this shit off. That's when I said, fuck it, you know? Because I was waiting around for a review. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go listen to some fucking Testament, you know? Because this shit's just making me fucking sick, right. you know? Uh, but, you know, as much as I love to fucking rag fucking Megadeth, it's because I love them so much. It's the same way, like, like the hatred I have in my heart for Metallica... I couldn't have that much hatred if if I didn't have that much love and respect for what they did. You know, it's that's why it's a greater betrayal. Like, I don't give a fuck when Kiss makes a bad album. I love Kiss. I love Kiss. But Kiss never had musical integrity from day one. These guys, these guys started a movement. You know, they, they were something. They were like, used to be back in the day, if you had a Megadeth or a Metallica t-shirt, you were a true fucking dirtbag. And you got you got frowned upon for wearing that shirt. Now you might as well be just another guy on the football team wearing that shit because it's that fucking commercial and fucking blase. I right. think. You know. So what do you say we go into pick of the week? Alright, pick of the week. Alright, my pick of the week. I love this fucking album. To me, this is a, a perfect metal album. Even though I know uh, through prior conversations you might not agree. Uh, is Iron Maiden's Peace of Mind. What? I love that album. Yeah, well, I know you bitch about a couple tracks. M- myself, I think every song is fucking perfect. Hey. I-, I love every song on this album. Hey. But uh, to me, this, is- this album is so, so fucking metal and so perfect. And, uh, you know, after the transition from the Diano years, you know, to Number of the Beast, I mean, you know, I mean, Killers and fucking Number of the Beast, those are incredible. But here's, like, where they really find their feet and become who they are with Bruce Dickinson. Uh, Jesus Christ, Where Eagles Dare, Revelations, Flight of Icarus, Die With Your Boots On, The Trooper Still Alive, Quest for Fire, Sun and Steel, and To Tame a Land. I love every fucking single song on this album. And, uh, I... Every metal fan should have this in their discography. You might argue over what songs are better, but I, I think every song on this is fucking perfect. Wouldn't change a fucking note. What do you think about Peace of Mind? Well, I love Peace of Mind, to tell you the truth, but you know, I, I prefer Number of the Beast. But Peace of Mind does have uh, Still Life, one of my favorite Maiden songs. Uh, and Great I, song. I don't get sick of the Trooper. I love the Trooper. I love Ace's Eye. Revelations, eh. It's all really? right. Really? Yeah, it's all really? right. Really? I love it. Die With Your Boots On is a great song. It just gets way too repetitious at the end with the chords. It's like, all right, you could have shaved it down a couple of fucking verses, you know? A couple choruses, because that went on a little too long. Still a good song. Sun and Steel, to me, is like the the hidden gem, the the real, the kill, one of the best deep tracks they ever did. Quest for Fire is a fucking joke. I and, love that song, though. I love it. And I a, do. And a Tame a Lamb, I don't know if you know what it was originally called. Uh, Well, well Dune. It was yeah. about Dune. Yeah. It was, it was originally called Dune, but the creator of Dune made him, uh, was threatening Frank to sue Herbert. him. Frank Herbert. Yeah, Frank Thre- Herbert. Thre- threatening to sue him, so they changed it to Tame a Lamb. Eh, it's an okay song. I saw that tour, and they did play to Tame a Lamb. The night. Night? Oh, really? Yeah. They really? Played, they played that? They played that on a Peace of Mind tour. Yes, they did. Holy shit. <clears throat> and uh, they didn't play Still Life, though, which was I love very disappointing because that is kind of like my favorite track on the album. The, 
they did play it on the uh, Seventh Sun tour. Yeah, they played it on that, but not when I saw the Seventh Sun tour. But they did it on that Made in England home right. video. Right. But uh, no, it's a great album to me, man. From the first album all the way to Power Slave, I love all that stuff. Pirates, I mean, Peace of Mind and Number of the Beast both have song I could do without. Where all the other ones, I love every song off fucking Power Slave. I love Lost for Words, Flash of the Blade. I love all that stuff. Back man, in the I, Village. I, I just listened to a fucking interview this week. <coughs> Excuse me. On Eddie Trunk. <coughs> where Paul Deano slammed fucking killers. Yes, I, I've, I've heard that too. I've heard him say that too. I was like, are you fucking nuts? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of sad. Though I do, though, yeah. though I do prefer the first album to tell you the truth. But Killers is a very but, close. But second. you know what? You go back and forth because I remember watching one of your reviews where yes. you said you prefer Killers. You know, yeah, yeah, I do. Go and, back and, and, forth. and I get that. And I want to tell our audience this: we say shit, but you know what it is? It's where we were at at that point in time when we were reviewing it. Exactly. I, I mean, there's certain albums I will always love. There's certain albums I will always hate. But as far as like, you know, this is number one and this is number two and this is five and 56, that shit changes, you know? I have the same problem day. with Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath is so hard to pick a favorite one for me. Oh, it's, it's extremely oh, yeah. hard, you know? there's. Oh, no. yeah. And, and, and it's what, what you're going through. Like, definitely. And, and then I agree with like, uh, sometimes there's what you call your favorite and then sometimes the one you say you most played. Because probably my all-time favorite Black Sabbath is fucking volume four. But like you, sometimes when I just want to hear Black Sabbath, it's never say die. I just, I, for some reason, I throw that on there. Even though I claim volume four is my favorite. So, but uh, uh, anyway, get, getting back to Maiden, I love Peace of Mind. I think it's a heavy metal classic. Uh, that any metal fan should love and, 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 and should get. And please, if you don't have it, check it out. Iron Maiden, Peace of Mind. Great what's, album. Good pick. What you, what you got there, Ralph? Uh, I got a newer band that, uh, probably my favorite of the newer bands. It's a band called In Solitude. They have uh, three albums. Never heard of them. Oh, you got to check these guys out. They're awesome. Yeah. They have three albums out, but the one I prefer... Is the second one. It's called The World, The Flesh, The Devil. This album, it's just so... It's kind of like musically Merciful Fate-ish. You know, it's got a lot of twists and turns that make sense, like Merciful Fate would do. Um, it's just like, you know, as far... They are at the top of my to-see list as far as bands go. I really want to see this band. They have toured the States, but uh, and they did play Orlando, but unfortunately, because of responsibilities I couldn't go you mean a job well that and a bunch of other things yeah there was a lot of things going on at that moment uh, that I couldn't I couldn't go out there to see it and uh, you know but if it comes down here man I, I hope they do because in solitude um, check it out like I said it's called the world the flesh the devil and it's a monster album they have another one uh, the first album I believe it's just called in solitude I can't remember the last one was a tinge of a disappointment. I got I to gotta be honest with you. It's, it does have its moments, but man, the second one is just so ugh, so classic and killer. I highly recommend In Solitude. It's all one, one word, by the way. 
will, I will check that out. That sounds good. Awesome shit, man. And uh, well, um, before we go out, um, you know, you know, Ian always gives you the nine one one on everything, but Ian's got a little beef with somebody. Well, 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 well before we have the beef, okay, I, I got to go to fan of the week. Okay, go to fan of the week because we do have a great fan of the week. And this fan of the week is Ryan, and I, I apologize if I mispronounce your name, Madsen, Madison, Madsen, I don't know. Anyway, uh, Ryan's a great fan of the show. He's on the Facebook page. He keeps in touch. Uh, he's from Ohio. And I, I'm, I'm kind of scared because this, this kid's still in fucking high school. Uh, and I saw on his Facebook page, he's got a picture of him and his dad. I hope his dad doesn't know he listens to the show because his dad looks like a fucking WWF wrestler that would kick her ass. Ah, nah, I'm sure he digs us. <laughs> but uh, but a great fan of the show wrote a very nice fucking review on uh, on iTunes uh, where he said how great our show is and says that we grab our audience so tight that we will turn your balls purple. <laughs> you know, I actually read that. I actually read that. That was awful. And, and, <laughs> he's, he said, three sides of the coin, I'll put you to sleep, but we'll grab your balls so they're purple. Uh, but in a good way. <laughs> you know, you know, Ian, you should not worry about his father because uh, one thing that uh, people will realize eventually with the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast is that we are really good for the kids. We are, we are good for the kids. And you know what? And the kids wouldn't be listening... If the dads didn't point them in the right direction. So exactly. obviously. Exactly. And if they listen to enough of our podcast, they will pimp slap any bully at school asking them <laughs> for money for lunch money. They will exactly. pimp slap them in the word of the rock and metal combat podcast. Here's your pick of the week, bitch. Exactly. You don't need no Mr. Miyagi. You just need the fucking, uh, you need Dr. Fucking the Ayatollah of Alcoholic. A bully comes up to you and says something. You think of Ayatollah and Dr. Fucking, you say, hey, I <laughs> fucked your mom last night. Exactly. But uh, I, I want to thank Ryan. Uh, thank you so much, brother. Hell yeah, Ryan. Thanks, man. I read and, that, too. It was great. And, and he's part of the Facebook family. And that's another thing Is I want he? to put out. Our, our, our Facebook page has been growing by leaps and bounds. Yeah, you, got, you you destroyed my almost human page, which is becoming a ghost town. I don't like that. <laughs> But uh, a lot of people have been coming there. And what I love about it, you know, is like, you know, Ralph puts up pictures. I put up pictures and videos and stuff like that. But fans of the show have been putting up their own stuff. They've been putting up all kinds of shit. And that's what's great. Makes it a fucking community. And uh, that's what we want with the page. And also, and- I want to add that anybody out there that, you know, that oh, I don't want to be part of that Facebook thing. Because I have a feeling that Dr. Fuck and Ian are homophobes. Nothing could be further than the truth. There's a guy on there called Justin Childers, straight up homo. And we love him. Oh, we love that guy. We love that guy. And trust me, I'm going to get into homophobes here later. Believe me, the guy's had more balls on his nose than a circus deal. Oh, gay as hell, but I love him. He had more pricks than a porcupine. (laughs) Very cute man. But, uh, like I said, thank all of you for joining uh, the Facebook page. And everything you do, all the posts... It makes it so much fun. Makes it a fucking community. It's I, I love talking to listeners every every fucking day, dude. I, I I talk to listeners online, be it private message or fucking on the page. 
And it's a lot of fun knowing that we're reaching people and they enjoy the show. But! But! There's always got to be that fucking douchebag. And this will be the first, and hopefully the fucking last, but this will be the first douchebag of the fucking week. Oh, no, this definitely won't be the last. There's many more uh, out there. Oh, God. Well, (laughs) hopefully he's the fucking worst. This dude, I don't know what his fucking name is. We call him B-Fart. He doesn't go on the Facebook page. I don't even think he listens to podcasts. I think he just goes on the fucking YouTube page. But this dude is so fucking racist and homophobic, it makes me fucking sick. And first off, I want to say I'm an asshole. I'm an asshole. I've got a crude sense of humor. But I base my jokes and my hatred on people's actions. Not on their fucking, the color of their skin. Not on their sexual orientation. Okay? Just by your fucking behavior. I consider somebody an asshole. But this fucking prick, who might I add, hides hides behind a cloak of Christianity. Gave me shit on the fucking Wasp episode about uh, bagging on Christianity. I bag on every religion. Every religion. I don't care if you're Christian, Muslim, fucking Scientology, whatever. I think it's all bullshit. Alright? But I don't hate anybody. You know, if you want to believe whatever you believe in. But this guy claims to be a Christian. But yet his rants are so homophobic and so fucking racist. And, and I don't get it. You know, he ragged on me and Ralph for reviewing Judas Priest. I was like, how can you talk about this cocksucking, you know, pole smoker. And then I'll bring up Dave Holland. And here's my point. If you want to hate Dave Holland because he molested a boy, I get that, dude. He did a fucking horrible thing. It's actions, okay? I don't hate Dave Holland because he's gay. I hate him because he molested a fucking retard, okay? The wrong retard, by the way. Any, but you know what you know what I'm saying. Any, you know, raping somebody, especially somebody that has you know that mentally ain't all there. That's <coughs> fucked up. But to hate some, you know, and then he bitched about my, uh, uh, what I said about religion, and then said nigger please, and it wasn't it wasn't like nigga, you know, you know, you know, like like uh, a oh he put, he put an er on there. Oh oh, this motherfucker was er all the way. Okay. It wasn't it wasn't like. You know, because some people say, like, whether you like the word or not, some people say it like, like it's like a brother, like my nigga. Okay, no, this my like that nigger, you know. And you can tell, you know, this motherfucker is straight out the trailer, and he's full of nothing but fucking hate. It still doesn't surprise me though. There's a lot of fucking douchebags like this. What surprises me is that his grandfather would fuck his mother without a fucking rubber. Because everybody knows your mother is a fucking whore, full of chlamydia, made another piece of shit like you, and V-Fart, I don't wish death on you. Other people that maybe used to be on this podcast wish death on people. I don't. I hope you live a long fucking life. And I hope one of your many kids, because idiots like you always have like seven fucking kids. 
It's never the guy that don't cure cancer. It's an idiot like this who has seven fucking kids. And I hope she runs off with the biggest, blackest dude. He knocks her up, and you have the gayest, blackest fucking grandchild. I really do, because that would fuck your shit up. You are a fucking piece of shit. And if you listen to this fucking show, if you're racist, if you're homophobic, keep that shit to yourself. If not, I'm going to fucking call you out. Because I ain't got no room for that shit. If you want to be an asshole, hey, I'm down with that. But you better have a reason. If your only reason is hate, if you just hate somebody based on the color of their skin or their sexual orientation, I got no fucking time for you. And this motherfucker, don't listen to this show anymore. Please don't listen to this fucking show anymore. And I can tell by your post, you're a Ralph Nutswinger. Yeah, he's a, he's a friend of mine, man. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm getting offended over here. Yeah, well, I'm saying, I'm saying, fuck you, V-Fart. I'll tell you what, if you want to listen to this shit, like, you know, when you go over to your mom's house, because that's the only one who can afford fucking cable, and you get on fucking YouTube, just turn the volume down when I'm talking. I don't even want you to fucking listen to me. I'm fucking ashamed of you. I'm ashamed you listen to my fucking show. Because we have many fans on this show that are black, that are homosexual, gay and lesbian. And racist. That I, that I, I know personally. We have a and, racist on our Facebook page, but we'll get into that in a minute. Right. But, you know, and, and we had a former co-host that is fucking racist, too. Oh, man. Got, are, are we going to stop talking about that guy? I'm just saying, I got no time for this bullshit. I'm, re- I'm really like, if you want to be an ass, I love assholes. I love assholes, but I love this shit. But if like your only bitch about somebody is the color of their skin or that sexual orientation, go fuck yourself. Go go listen to fucking Bill Riley. Go listen to fucking Three Sides of the Coin. I ain't got no oh, Three Sides yeah. of the Coin. What do they have to do with anything, man? Those yeah, guys yeah. ain't racist. Yeah, 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 well, they kind They're of... They're just kiss nerds, come on. Well, well, just that one Mike dude. He's, well, he's no, a... he's not a racist. He just, he just likes to cause controversy. But... Oh, I just thought he hates kiss. <laughs> no, he, but... hate, he hates ace, I think. I don't I don't care. I don't even listen to that anymore. Anyway, I know I'm, I know I'm going on long here, but this motherfucker really got my goat, and I really... I don't want people like this listening to our fucking show. It really fucking drives me nuts. If, if that's the kind of person you are, go find another fucking podcast. I'm fucking done with you. Because I, I love everybody on this show. We might disagree on fucking albums, you know, but we're all fucking human, and uh, I got no time for this fucking bullshit. Life is short. Uh, so, so V-Fart, seriously, go fuck yourself. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, really. Go fuck yourself the same way your grandfather fucked your mother in the fucking woodshed. Go back to your trailer, do some fucking meth. I hope you fucking OD. Fucking die. Oh! Oh! Like Polly Walnuts would say, oh! Uh, what do you know? What do you hear? What do you say? All right, Ian, you know, I mean, uh, the, the listeners out there may not know this, but, you know, I actually do love you. And a lot of people out there think that we hate each other, but no, man, I dig Ian, man. He's a good guy, and I'm kind of like, I like people with opposite views of mine and stuff, but, you know, there's certain little lines I will draw 
And with this V-Fart character, and, and by the way, I called him V-Fart way before you ever knew him. And uh, we get along. I, I, I Honestly, I haven't seen his homophobic stuff. Okay, whatever. That's his thing. Normally, I would attack the guy, but since he's been such a nice guy to me, just like that 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 redneck that that redneck that's been really nice to you that attacked me that's also a racist Ian. I am not gonna get on your side because you don't do shit about that dude. Therefore, I won't do that. But I still love you, bro. No, I I hear you. I hear you. Good that point. guy's a racist too. Remember that. All right. So. All right, Rodney, you need to stop yeah. with the Cuban. Rodney, you need no, to no, 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 Rod, Rod, look, look, Rodney has been behaving himself, he hasn't said anything else, right. not trying to open old wounds, right. I'm just giving an example here, that, you know, there's right. a guy in our Facebook page that's, you know, pretty much a racist too, and uh, I'm not too fond of, but, you know, whatever, dude, and and that guy, you know, he's cool with you, so I understand how, you know, it's okay, and just like V-Fart's cool with me, but you know what, they're both, they're both the same. They're no, both the same. No, 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 you brought up a you brought up a great point. I didn't think about that. I, on, honestly, I really didn't think about that. And I, the, and and I never ever said delete that guy. Remember that. And 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 if but here's the thing: like if V if V fart knew that your parents were Cuban, oh he knows. Fucking, yeah, yeah, he knows now. Well, let him say something. Hey, V fart. Yeah. You have, you have a problem with my parents being Cuban? Let me know, man. Do you? That's what I'm saying. This, this this guy's a piece of shit. And even, like, Rodney. I, I, I get along with Rodney. And I hate calling Rodney out, but Rodney, if, if you hate people based on that, then I ain't cool with that. Uh, anybody. I mean, seriously. <clears throat> we're, we're here about music. And, and, and if it goes any deeper than that, then, uh, you know, if you hate people just because other bullshit, I ain't down with it. <laughs> Nah, neither am I, man. I, I hate racism and I hate uh, homophobic people. And hey, yeah, V fart. I hate people that are homophobic. Uh, I don't have no problem with any religion, to tell you the truth, as long as you don't throw it in my face and try to preach that shit. That goes for Christianity and Satism. Any, any, all down the line, man. Except for people that worship Buddha, he's cool. But everything else, man, is like you know off limits with me, man. So um, I respect everybody as long as you do not shove it down my throat. If you are homophobic and you keep it to yourself, I'm fine with that too. If you hate us spicks and you keep it to yourself, I'm cool with that, man. Just keep it quiet and we'll get along fine. But if you're going to be throwing that hatred my way, then, uh, dude, uh, you're a better man than me, so skedaddle. Thank you. Well, enough about Refart, that motherfucker who was mother's was impregnated by his grandfather and created that piece of shit. Let's talk about some important shit, which is our new sponsor, which is Amazon. Woo! Woo! Amazon.com. Oh! And, and I'm hoping we did this right. Here's the thing. You, you hear a lot of podcasts that have this. They have the Amazon link. You go to that and you buy something. Um... Uh, I'm hoping I've done this right. Uh, there's a link on our Podbean page where you click on that. You know, whatever album we're talking If you don't have this album or you want the remaster, or you want this, you want that, whatever. Come on our page, you click on the Amazon link, and then you buy it. They throw a little bit of money towards us, which would be greatly appreciated. But 
I'm a dumbass fucking electrician. I'm not a computer scientist. Uh, I don't know if I did this right because Ralph went and bought a bunch of shit on fucking Amazon using the link and it didn't count. I tried something I'm not sure. So if you do buy something using this link, please send us like a little, uh, you know, a text or a fucking email on Facebook or something. Let us know. That way I can track and see if it's working or not. But if it is working, holy shit, what a great way to support the show. Doesn't cost you anything extra. Do your regular Amazon shopping, but just use our link. Doesn't cost you a dime, but it helps us. And also, I please, please ask you to go back and check out past episodes. Begin a lot of fans writing back about, uh, oh, I skipped this episode and I went back. I absolutely fucking loved it. You know? Uh, I think we got a pretty entertaining show. And even though it might not be your favorite band or your favorite album, I think there's something for everybody here. If you're a fan of the show and you're a fan of the way me and Dr. Fuck interact, I think every show you'll find entertaining. So please go back because we're getting a great response of people checking out past shit. And I want to say uh, something, Ian. Go ahead. We love this podcast so much. We haven't discussed this, Ian. I'm going to say it so everybody will know it. We were okay. offered. We were offered a radio show. I won't name the, the 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 site, but all I can say is they're good people, great people, actually. They wanted us to be a part of their. Uh, you know, they wanted this on their show. They wanted us to do kind of like a talk show on their stuff because they loved our podcast so much, but it would have interfered with the podcast and we had to turn it down because of that because we love what we're doing so much. And the main reason I bring this up is not because we're so dedicated to the podcast. It's because people like you out there are spreading the word and it's getting out there, man. Because I asked this guy how he heard about us. And he found us on Facebook, which I'm sure one of you guys, because I see a lot of people tag our shows out there. So I want to thank all of you out there that are spreading it around because we are becoming known. People are, you know, starting to notice us out there. And just to let you know that we had a chance to abandon this show for another show, but we stuck with our guns and figured, you know what? We have a feeling this is going to blow up even more. Right, Ian? Uh... I, I totally agree. It was very, uh, it was disheartening because we thought we were going to do like a cool offshoot of, of the show and do a different type of show. But in the end of the day, what they wanted was our <coughs> show. But we're staying with this. We're staying with you. We're glad it's growing. And it is growing like a motherfucker. I'm so happy. So happy. Everybody on the Facebook page, everybody leaving reviews, new listeners every fucking day. For an underground podcast, we are very underground. You know, we're not we're not Eddie Trunk. We're not fucking, you know, three sides of the coin. You know, there's a lot of bigger podcasts. But this is like some grassroots, real fucking, you know, by the fans, for the fans kind of shit. And we are doing phenomenal. And and I thank all of you. Hell yeah, I thank all of you, all of you. And, pl- and, and and please just you know come back every week. Tell a friend if you know a friend that's into metal, or you know a friend that used to listen to metal that got out of it. Save their fucking soul. Tell them about this show and, and bring it back. And I have I have personal friends 
that that aren't even necessarily metal fans, but they just enjoy the program that we put on. And I, I think we do do a goddamn good show that's entertaining. You know, of course, it's primarily for hard rock and metal fans, but I think we do a goddamn entertaining show regardless. What do you think, Rob? Hell yeah, I, I enjoy doing this show. Uh, something I was saying the other day was, uh, you know, I, I, I enjoy my bands too. I enjoy making music, but Jesus, this is kind of like just as good now, you know, and I'm really enjoying... Uh, you know, talking to Ian and talking this music. This is something I've always wanted to do ever since I did my first review on YouTube. My my goal was to get a podcast going, but I'm just I'm worse than Ian, man, when it comes to like you know uh, hooking up stuff on the internet <laughs> that that I never got off the ground. And then Ian joined my Facebook page, and we got to talking. And then you know, me and him started it. Actually, Ian takes all the credit because. He's the one that paid for everything, and he, I've yet to give him a penny. But uh, then again, I give him my talent. I mean, that's more, that's that's priceless. <laughs> that's true. That that is, that is priceless. I give one hundred ten percent to this show. I mean that that's how it really started. I just uh, I saw your I saw your very first review on on the BlackSabbath.com page, and I was like, holy shit, this guy's awesome. I was like, man, I want to do reviews like that. But then I realized how much work it was. I was kind of lazy. Yeah, so but much I, work that I, I stopped. But I, I watched every fucking review. But, I mean, this is truly, this is just two guys who are fucking fans, dude. We're not we're not doing this for, if we could make a buck, that'd be fucking fantastic. But you know what? If we never made a dime, me and Ralph would still do this shit every fucking week. And I'm saying this right now. If we do start making money, it all goes to Ian because he's the one that put all the money. I don't want a damn penny. You know, I just want, you know, Ian to get uh, compensated for everything. A new liver. Yeah, you know, you know he's going to have cirrhosis anytime soon. So, you know, please go to Amazon. Even you, V-Fart, there might be like Jesus Hates Fags cookbook there you might want to get on Amazon. So click on Amazon. So, you know... uh, and, and, you know, everybody out there, all you racists out there that listen to us, hey, man, we don't hate you if you stay quiet about it. And uh, and, and, that, and that there, too. So um, support our podcast. We're not asking you for money because you're not giving us money. You're buying what you want on Amazon. And, you know, Ian gets a little cut. And he deserves it because, you know, he pays Maybe. for all this stuff. Maybe if I didn't fuck it up, I don't know. Yeah, you know, come on, keep you know, just try and let us know, and that way we know if you did it. Or yeah, not. yeah, yeah. Please let us know because I already had to delete the first page after we had twenty seven thousand followers because I fucked up. Well, but, Ian, uh, Ian uh, I pulled the muscle as I said earlier, and I really right. need to lay down. So let's let's blow this pop t- pop stand. What else you got to say before we leave this baby? All right, I just want to say thank you for coming this week and every other week. Please check us out on podbean.com, on iTunes. If you have an Android device, go on Podcast Attic. Type in Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. You get every fucking episode. So please join us this Sunday and every Sunday. And don't forget to come back next week when our special guest is TV Zsa Zsa Gabor from Green Acres fame. What? You never told and me we, this. Yes, and we discussed the John Cougar Mellencamp classic uh, American Fool. Damn. Next. I, oh, come on, man. Why do, why do you keep doing these things I don't agree to? I don't even know that album. 
Yeah, well, well, everybody needs a hand to hold is, on. Is that is that like an album where he sings about the farms? Every album he sings about the farms. I was making a funny. <laughs> Next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. See you then.